1: What is that time, Mike? Another week of Sports Insider Radio. I keep calling you Mike Constantine, Costi Mishael, Saphir, Eric Jonathan Pathy. You can call me my first name. You can call me from my middle name. You can call me from my last name. My late partner who's almost 18 years gone on 927. You know what he used to say on our TV shows back in the late 90s? You know what he used to say, uh, Costi? What's up? What's that? I don't care what you call me. I don't care what you call me. Just call me. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, I don't care what you call me. Just call me. You can call me Eric. You can call me Jonathan. You can call me Pathy. Just call me. I'll take care of you. Listen, before we get into this whole Rogers thing, because obviously it's it's information overload. I just want to tell you. You know. You know. Obviously. You're not there yet. You're a newlywed. I, you know, how's, how's marriage, by the way? We're into, what, what about two months now? How's marriage before I get into my segue? um, Well, it's I've accrued more debt is all
2: I could say. <laughs> Nothing else has changed. I've accrued more debt. <laughs> um, she is currently, she's uh, a tad bit younger than me. So she is actually in grad school as we speak. So for this next year, um, she quit her job. To be focused on grad school. I want her to focus on. Man, what's she quit her job her. you got your last name. No, that, no she, that she didn't quit her job until literally a couple weeks ago. So I know that's a joke for you, but no. Um, she literally, I gave her the undivided attention of focusing on school and her internship. It's only a nine month program. I want her to have her own identity. So after she graduates, she's going to get into the field of her choice and, and be successful. Because at the end of the day, I don't need her for me to be coming home after the long hours that we're putting in and her telling me that she's been at home all day, taking care of A, B, and C, and that I'm not present. So at the end of the day, it's
1: important for me. I'm going to have to call your father her. and mother. Now I, it's A, B, and C. Your mom is going to be happy if I tell her that. Well, she that could be anything. It, it could be, a, B, be the dog, the cat, the,
2: the, the oh. eventually a kid. Yeah, it's, it's, it's everything. So, um,
1: so yeah. it's not much, Go has ahead. not much has changed. So, you know, the, my highlight of the weekend was clients text to me saying, wow, your son, your autistic son is a, is, is we want his picks and, you know, and, and obviously he's not part of this business. Um, he, you know, he has his challenges in life, but he also has his, his, his sharp spots, which is definitely math and for all the listeners that listened last week and sent me the text regarding my son right after the game, even though I didn't play the game, that was really awesome. That was a proud dad moment from people texting me saying, I cannot believe your son said the Ravens were going to win by 16. All he cared about at the end of the game was that (laughs) that uh, that, the score didn't change. He was so proud of the fact, and you know, that, that, um, that honesty, that non-gambling-related happiness is something completely different than we're aware of. Uh, oh, you just got my package from Italy. Is that from Italy? That's from Italy. I don't know where it's from. I think it's from Italy. It's from some of my bike stuff. Anyway, so. It looks like you know, it's from this Las Vegas. What right, well, could be lost? Las Vegas, Las uh, yeah, Las Vegas, Italy, um, Italy. Via they had this distribution center. Anyway, nobody cares on the air about that. So here's the thing: this what's been lost, and this is what I've talked about several weeks. We grew up in a time where, at least I did, ten years difference uh, as a fifty year old man. I grew up in a time where. You know, nobody talked about gambling. It was hush-hush. You told somebody what you did for a living. They looked at you like you were crazy. Now, this is just like the stock market. Every, you turn on the TV. And what it's nice to see, especially with my son, is the the pure fan enjoyment of the game with an absence of caring about the gambling. Where I believe, because of the 10-year difference, I believe that when you finally do have children, um... And I believe 20 years from now, when you have a 20-year-old, let's say, son, there will be that enjoyment will be gone. I believe right now, a 10-year-old right now, today as we speak, has no shot of being a fan. Everything's going to be gambling-based. How much money can I make? How much money can I make? Because subversively, you can't, just like they had smoking commercials on TV and they were supposedly for the adults, but it was really for, I mean, the cool kid. Be Camel, Joe Camel, cool and smoke a cigarette. It's the same thing here. How does a kid who's 10 years old not get sucked into the gambling wind tunnel with all this marketing? And to have a child that's autistic who simply just loves the game with an absence of the gambling, I got to tell you, is one of the most refreshing things as a father to see. And uh, I just I think that part of this world is gone in the sports world. Everything's about gambling. What's your take on that it before is. we get into the it's, breakdown it's, of these games?
2: Yeah, it, you're right. It, it is. It's it's fully mainstream. It's everywhere you look. Now that you know ESPN has bought out the rights to Barstool, now now everywhere you look on ESPN, there's sports books, sports books, sports books. They, they're showing you commercials. They're giving you bonuses. They're giving you boosts. I mean, it's all integrated. I, I think it. What they basically realized was no matter what, over the last you know, two decades, people were doing it anyway. So why not mainstream it and, and more so have it regulated where the people that are taking the actual action are regulated? So I respect that. I think that there's a lot of naive people out there that are looking to get, you know, get rich quick overnight, which obviously I'm in a, um, it's funny. So at my country club, um, met a lot of really nice people. I play golf with a lot of the, a lot of guys that are older and they threw me on a group chat where they're posting their, their bets and who they like. And it's all parlays. And again, these guys are not risking thousands of dollars to make money. They're strictly looking for weekend entertainment more so because it's, that's a hobby to them. They're throwing up a $50 six teamer. They're throwing up first, first one to score the touchdown. All of that is exciting to them and they're treating it strictly as a hobby. When it becomes more than a hobby, you have to treat it like a business. And if you don't, you're going to get run off the road very quickly because you're looking for that, that game, that can't lose the high, you know, people that post high percentages. I mean, all these guys on, on social media are constantly touting this, this game they can't lose. And it's, it's all about the hype versus treating it like a business. Do what we do and what we preach really exciting. No, there's a lot of volume. There's no emphasis on individual games. And we're not even the guys that are claiming to come up with this information. I mean, I could go on three different hands and tell you how many groups we have that are giving us and feeding us games, all the way from the top-down betting specialists that are picking off um, number inconsistencies on the board or the originators that are making their own line and then, again, looking at the board and basing it on their actual line itself if there's a discrepancy they're betting it. None of these guys fall into the realm of, this game can't lose, it's so good. Every game is the same. Every game just has a better price. That's the only advantage. So we don't talk in that slang of units or ratings or locks, any of that. We don't do that because, again, uh, anybody out there that has a different philosophy of how to make money in this business, more power to you. I just don't believe, from my expertise, it's really sustainable over a long period of time because... There is no such thing as hype. Everybody saw the Jets game Monday night. Aaron Rodgers goes out. I had guys, friends, guys texting me, man, I'm going to take the Bills live. They're going to blow them out because it's an emotional wager. It's an emotional attachment to the way. Even the people that were Bills pregame were really happy that a star. Hall of Fame caliber quarterback on a really good team is out for the game, and now they have an opportunity to jump in. Well, the truth is there was no value for us to bet that game in-game because at the end of the day, we were happy with our pregame selection of the under. So we were... That is obviously going to help with a quarterback that's not capable of putting up a lot of points. But Okay, go ahead. And The reality is, what happened at the end of the game? They won by six. Didn't even matter. Because how I look at it a lot of times with in-game, defenses are not actually, and this is all from data from over many, many years. Usually that in-game backup quarterback has a lot more traditionally succession with playing out the game and keeping it up to par versus the following week where that defense has a game plan on that starting quarterback, that defense, the bill's defense did not game plan for that quarterback. They game plan for Aaron Rodgers. Their whole scheme was set up for Aaron Rodgers. So now that Wilson comes in and has a completely different style play, that defense did not game plan. Doing it at the half did not adjust anything. So, that's one of those we lay off. We don't touch it. We're not jumping. The line on was it.
1: three and a half and nineteen at the half. You saw I passed on the halftime telegram channel, yeah.
2: and we're we're constantly alerting our community. I want I to say this though out. for
1: the halftime guys, it, the line was three, and then it went to three and a half, and literally. At three and a half, it's an auto bet to take the plus three and a half. Now, I want to get into something before we break because we, I want to do a little something different on the show. So let's talk about the variance, first of all. Um, I, I texted our good, our, our, our betting partner, uh, you know, Big M, and he, you said that 0 oh, and third, he said they were 0 and 9 in the NFL. His betting groups were 0 and 9 in the NFL. On the opening day, you said it was like 13. And I said, is it really 13? Because I think they were 0 and 9 when everything was said and done. The people he basically gets plays from. So they were actually everybody 0 and talks about, Okay, they said wound up. Aren't they? So yeah. everybody talks about variance. And the thing was, talking, and this is important for the listeners, this whole like worrying about individual games is just such nonsense it's so so what I call elementary because I talked to him Monday morning he's like yeah they went 0 0- 0- he-, he said I think they went 0 and 9 he didn't really look at that because he's so busy moving on to the next week nobody cares these big betting groups I'm not going to name groups nobody cares nobody cares I think uh we have two telegram channels. I went three and one on my telegram channel on Sunday. You had more of the plays from the betting groups. We're not going to release how and how you get them. What was your record on the uh your- it was a losing day on just talking about Sunday. I know you went on sun on Saturday yeah, so I mean it's it, look it's overall well, no, because, what was your actual? You know. re- what was your record it was it it was i my under the the thing is this is what I tell people you can't worry about the short term. When I deal with these big betting groups and they're telling me they were 0 and 13 with all their computer models and their math models, it doesn't mean we release those plays just the sharpest of the sharp. Just remember the public wins 50% of the time. And that's the thing, right? The the moral of this story is that what do you think is going to happen week two? The the public side basically went 13 and 0. Is, Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I mean it's from a standpoint. I mean, every of, service in their David, mother yeah. was pounding the Ravens. Yeah. We didn't even
2: release it. We live here.
1: Like that's so. At the end of the day, it's, understand if
2: you're, if you're multidimensional and you're betting half times, you're doing the underdogs. Correct. You're you're having multidimensional output. You're going to be successful. Whether it's the pregame stuff, that's going to change. I mean, we already released two games. I just saw one of my groups send me two more games I'm going to be posting while I'm on the show. How about my Florida International? Season. Can you give me a little
1: love before we get the NFL the Listen, man, Come I man. mean,
2: that, that, the algo that you run for for the underdog model, for those that don't know, it's an 80-20 split where you put 80% on, of the wager on the actual spread and then 20% on the money line to back it up. They actually won outright, plus 350, getting 11 points. So you're winning both sides of the coin. And, again, it's a long-distance model. Even if it lost, it doesn't matter because, again, we, we well, last explain year explain the different variants. Well, last year was great, but I played one individual
1: first. Last year I was 121 season. and 161, so I lost 40 more games than I won, and I was up 196 <laughs> units. So, you know, out of the gate, I put up a dime, 800, 200. I win 1,500 on this Florida International game in the model, right? So now what happens is I'm averaging about one game a week, right? Rarely am I going to have multiples because there's so much number crunching that goes into it. So now what happens is I'm up to 1,500. Basically, the worst I can do is lose a dime even on this week and be up a nickel going into week three. So this is the grind of, 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 of not worrying about how many games you play. A lot of people, when they call, it's the same thing. How many games do you average? How many games do you average? How many games do you average? Who cares? Why are you worried about it? Why does it matter how many games we average? What matters is that there's two schools of thought. There's high volume, there's low volume, and there's medium volume. There's really three schools of thought. And each client has a different fundamental relationship with what they can handle and bring on. Not everybody can handle the volume of a Dave Miller or a Micah Smith or a Billy Walters or Troy and Summerlin. Not everybody can handle that volume. Other people bring it on. That's my hobby on the weekend. I'm going to sit in front of the computer. I'm going to watch games all day. Couldn't pay me to. While you guys see me updating the channels with halftimes and all that good stuff, it doesn't. I'm not actually using my eyeballs to w- watch these games. I'm using screens. I walk away when the games start. I, c- I get an alert. We're going into halftime. I come back. I look at the numbers. I try to pick off bad numbers at halftime. Look, in reality, you can say what you want, man. The Jets was the play in the second half. I thought long and hard about it. There's also the injured man theory, which is that you're going to have an overreaction to the fact that he was pulled Mm -hmm. out. Now, before we get into week two and going over these games, I want to say one thing regarding Junior again, my son. He said this to me this morning when I was making him breakfast. He says, Dad, he's 40 years old next year. He's never... Coming back, he's done. It's a young man's sport. All this talk about he's going to be missing next season—he's never coming back. Costi, you are a year older than Aaron Rodgers. Tell me what you think about my son's statement this morning. Tell everybody on the radio. said so he's from, never coming back.
2: So I mean, look, I, I do i'm not going to disagree with him that's that's where most people or even the young the youth out there will make that statement because they realize most of the guys in the league are in their 20s and by the time they hit 30 they've hit their they they've hit their stride that's it then it's just a couple years left on teams where hopefully they could produce but with quarterbacks it's unique it's different um They could play into their forties and still be serviceable, especially the guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. With that being said, I would consider myself in pretty good shape. Not no injuries. If I tore my Achilles, I had a buddy of mine who recently same age as me tore his Achilles. It's a longer. Obviously it's a, it's a six to nine month rehab and then. Are you going to be confident enough to put pressure on there that it's not going to rip again? So I'm not a professional athlete by any means. These guys have the best therapy, the best rehab whatsoever that's out there. Do so I think he's going to play again? Yes. And I only say that because listen, he's such a
1: listen, competitor listen, listen. that he just,
2: got he's just not going to my shoulder, up.
1: And it still hurts. It's, listen, you can say what you want. You've never had I don't you're lucky, you never had a, a crazy like the injury I had when I had shoulder surgery. You saw I was in a sling for six months. I'm November fourteenth will be five years. It still hurts.
2: Well, you're also fifty and you're not a professional athlete. Forty's different than fifty. So not saying again, I'm just being a devil's advocate uh, from a competitive okay. standpoint. He's not going to want to retire and go out like that. Do I think he's going to come back and be effective? Honestly, I don't know. I don't have an opinion either way. I hope he actually does come back. I'm a big fan of his. I don't want him to finish out his career on that note. I mean, what, what a letdown. I mean, coming from they had, they sold the most seats for a Jets game that they've ever sold. 83,000 people were there for that game. He's running out the flag.
1: He's excited. The stadium is going Yeah, but Here's how crazy it was. I was still in the office taking a phone call because they call. I don't know why people do this. For all you listeners out there, why do you call like one second before the game and say, I'm interested in your service? Like, they're running late. You don't need to call me at 831. I mean, come on. So I'm literally telling a client, sir, the game has already started. Can we have this conversation tomorrow? A potential client. I hang up the phone. I get a text from my son. Oh, no. He's out. I hadn't even stepped out the door yet. He was already out of the game. Uh, so I mean that that's insane. But I, let's go. Let's go over. To, let's talk about week two first of all. So here's some interesting stats on week one. At the end of the at the end of the week, dogs were ten and five against the spread. But the ten dogs that covered eight of those dogs won outright that point spread never even came into play 10, and five. If you're an underdog better against the spread eight and eight and two on the outright money lines of those 10 dogs that covered. So you have a, you're going to have her overreact the only like, you know, solid favorite that covered. And and honestly, they didn't, they didn't set the world on fire, even though they hit my son 16 was the Ravens. Now let's talk about week two and let's, I'm going to just go down I'm gonna do like a shotgun approach, like a, a shotgun approach. I'm gonna to go to down and give me a little rundown. All right. Let's talk. Let's start Thursday night. And guys, for your when you're listening, you can I know we got guys that are listening and they'll text us. These are not plays on Telegram. Do not go into your account and fire while we're doing this. This is just radio talk. Vikings at Eagles. Seven forty-eight and a half, forty-nine and a half. Line opened up at seven and forty-eight. Now it's seven and 49 and a half. Then it went down. Then it went back up. Talk to me Thursday night.
2: Yeah, I'm not. It, it opened at 7. Every book that I personally look at is at 7. It has not moved. And that's pretty standard because the a lot of... The total's popping sharp. all over the place. The total's popping. The total is, but not much. I mean, it's got a little bit of wiggle room. I see some 48 and a half out there and a lot of even 49. So this is typical for an island game. Most sharps don't emphasize on island games on short weeks. There's not much value to that, so that's why you're not seeing the numbers jump yet. Most of the time, the numbers will probably end up moving. I don't see it much moving off that key number of seven come Thursday, tomorrow, but we shall see. It's a typical overreaction game. Minnesota's definitely better than seven on the road. They were a very good team last year. They kept a lot of games close. They won a lot of close games, and the Eagles are now at home after beating um, the Patriots, but not blowing them out. They ended up uh, letting them come back in the game. They just started off really hot. Again, not a play on the game, not much movement. Blindly, though, as an auto bet, as our friend D-Mill would say, if you start seeing some seven and 8s, that's an easy play on Minnesota. But for now, this is just a game we're talking about and discussing. We'll move on to the next. What do we got for me now?
1: All right, we're going to go in order of the rotation. Chargers laying three on the road at Tennessee. Tennessee was one of the two teams that lost but covered as an underdog last week and didn't win the game outright. Chargers at the Titans.
2: Another one, not much movement. Uh, It opened at three and a half. It's now at three basically everywhere that I'm looking um, on my screen on Don Best, all my major books that I monitor. Right, thanks. Yep. Thanks. Uh, not much movement anywhere across the board. Again, two teams both losing records. Um the Chargers played a very close game last week where they were, you know, it was I think 70 points scored in that game. So typical O and 2 spot. You don't want to go into an O and 2 period um because that is going to cripple your entire season, and most teams that open at 0-2 don't even make the playoffs. Titans are getting three at home. You're going to see a lot of that on this week's board. I love Week 2 because usually the public has an overreaction of the first week in this game. Both teams were losing in that matter, so um, I'm excited to see what happens um, in this week. I'm going to hold off on this game as well. Don't really have an opinion either way. I don't see a lot of line movement. So from a sharp standpoint you're gonna have to take the three at home as a dog as a volume bet but again not seeing any movement so from our guys nothing was released yet on this game on to the next mr. Pathy
1: the Packers at the Falcons the line opened up at Falcons minus one and 42 the line is now Packers minus one and a half and again I'm not looking at the screen You'll correct me if I'm wrong. So it looks like a one and a half, two and a half point flip. The total has gone down from 42 to 40 and a half, a one o'clock start, 10 o'clock start Las Vegas Packers at the Falcons. One and O against a one and O. Both teams have coming off a win. Both teams are winners. Um, Both teams showed
2: that they could compete. I mean, the Falcons last week were not supposed to win the game. Um, they were they were saying that Carolina has the better team with the rookie quarterback. Obviously a division game wasn't even close. Atlanta ran all over Carolina and covered the three and a half by a long shot, having a two touchdown winning performance. Now on the other hand, the Packers, nobody knew what to expect with them. Last week played a team, the Bears who added some weapons for fields at home, and all of a sudden you see the the Bears get trampled by the Packers and Jordan Love in his opening game, the third quarterback in the last two decades to have an opening, um, starting off the season with a new quarterback. This is the third quarterback in many years, which is crazy to say because so many teams have a big turnover. Not the Packers. He came in. He looked great, even with a couple of the big additions that were going to be the number one receiver was out um, and they came in and came out firing. It's going to be tough for them to travel Play in a dome traditionally. Green Bay plays much better in the cold, um, but it's a new it's a new regime up there in Packerland and Lambeau. So we gave out, and we could tell this to the clients to listen because most of the clients, uh, our clients, listen to the show. We did release as one of the early releases for the Falcons. We got them at one and a half. There is some twos out there, but mainly they're one and a halves with reduced juice. This is a typical game where it's an overreaction from how the Packers dominated the Bears, and that's why the line flipped. So this was a game that we saw value on. Again, we didn't emphasize that this game is going to be the end-all,
1: two-all lock. Let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about that for a second. So what do you say to a client that played the early move and now the lines move, and he? What do you tell him when he calls and goes, "Oh, and he freaks out." What do
2: you tell him? Well, it's I I don't tell them anything. They've already put in the wager. What I tell a client that joins today is congratulations. You have a half point better. So come usually come Sunday. So let's tell them what, what do the pros do? The syndic- they just pound it. They just keep, they pounding. pound it again, not at two. They'll <laughs> pound it more at two and a half, usually a point difference. Right. Uh, and again, it, it's not just as simple as saying like a stock, just the line. Sell, a they just more. keep buying, they just keep buying, yeah. buying, buying. They don't exactly. just keep buying unless they get over key numbers and is the injury that could be in play, which isn't the case in this game, is it factored into the spread, is it not? This is why the pros do what they do and we basically mimic everything that they do and we don't deviate from it. Just because we have the knowledge behind it, I'm still not the guy that's reading screens all day and finding market inefficiencies. I am too busy dealing with clients every single day and coaching them on what to do so they don't make mistakes. So in this situation, we already played the Falcons. We love the the dog at home, which is typically what Sharps do, and you're not going to see heavy favorites bet by the Sharps throughout the year. So here we go. On
1: to the next. Uh, I think you went out to Indiana and watched a game against the Ravens during the pandemic. Let's talk about the Colts at the Texans. Again, Texans opened up minus one. The Colts are on the road. you got two 0-1 teams playing each other. The line is now flipped from Texans minus one to the Colts minus one.
2: Another again. um,
1: You're you're starting to see
2: simple week-to-week overinflation. The Colts didn't look nearly as good. As the Texans, even though the Texans lost, they looked like they they were getting it in gear in the second half, so a lot of times the public will start swaying to the side that looked a little better. Now, the reason why the line flipped most of the fact is Richardson, the starting quarterback for the Colts, looked hurt at the end of the game where the backup came in, Gardner Minishu. Um, When we put out the selection, actually the Texans so far this week, we're factoring in that, issue is not that much of a downgrade from Richardson. So in that being said, the line really shouldn't have flipped. So the fact is, instead of us giving a point, we're getting a point. Again, just looking for the market, seeing that the line is factored in. If it is, we're going with it no matter what. It's not about an opinion on the game. It's just a, Is it factored into the spread and are we getting value? And in this situation, we have a two-point advantage because we didn't believe that Richardson is that much of an upgrade from Minishu. Next.
1: Seahawks at the Lions. The line opened up at three. Talk about steam. It opens on a key number. Now it's five and a half. The total's gone from 51 and a half. Now it's cracked down to 46 and a half on my screen.
2: Another overreaction, We're you're going to hear a lot of that on the show, I hate to repeat myself, but that's what happens after one week of football with no preseason. The Lions went in the arrowhead and beat up on a team that I believe wasn't nearly as good as what we've seen in the last three, four years. Obviously, with Kelsey being out, they couldn't do anything on offense, no Chris Jones, no preseason, those receivers couldn't handle any of the Mahomes passes. And the Lions came in there and came out with a W. The Seahawks, on the other hand, laid a huge egg versus the Packers last week. That was very, sorry, the the Seahawks laid an egg versus the Rams last week. And the Rams have uh, decimated roster as well without their top receiver who's out for the first four weeks. Nobody knew what to expect from the Rams and the Seahawks were playing at home. So it was very shocking from an entertainment standpoint that you're seeing a guy and a team... In the Seahawks, who have a lot of promise after last year's um, playoff, you know, made it to the playoff performance to then come in and lay a huge egg versus, again, a divisional game. So it's not like it's unique that that happened. It's a divisional game. They always play each other tough, no matter who's out there. So I think it's overinflated for the Seahawks. Um, I believe getting six is a really good price. If I see a seven, which I don't at this current time. If I see it steam to a seven, you better believe we're going to probably end up playing this game. Again, we're just discussing line movements, reason for the inflation. I don't think that the Lions are that much better than the Seahawks with a six-point spread. I think the line should be two and a half. Um, my Sharps don't see it that way, a six being a press play yet. But if you see sevens out there, I know how my, shops, my Sharps operate if we start seeing sevens out there, I could see them pounding the Seahawks.
1: All right, we're going to move on to the Bears minus one on the open and forty-four and a half line is now Tampa Bay minus three four-point flip. You say Same something scenario. else, but what you can't. Over, you can't say I'm not going to say it again. I'm, I'm banning not the say word it again.
2: overreaction. Go ahead. I'm not going to say it again, but it just seems a common theme. How do we
1: say overreaction in Russian?
2: Man, I don't even know. I've been mean, so dislodged today with, with dealing with clients and communicating and, and talking about the Come on, tell the Russians brain, out
1: there there's an overreaction.
2: I know I mean, you I got it either. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Again, remember. My, my speaking of the Ukrainian language is decimated, kind of like what the Bears did last week. Decimated. So I can understand about ninety-five percent as long as you're talking semi-slow, but the speaking part of it, it just it doesn't click anymore. I just don't speak it nearly as much. It's, it's a shame. I know if my parents are listening, they're going to be upset, but they know too. They speak to me in English now. All right, A, B,
1: and C will A, B, and C will learn it from your from your mother. um So let's talk about this game. So tell me, Bears at Tampa Bay. Bears open up at minus one. Now it's Tampa Bay minus three same scenario bucks proved that they could win a game with
2: baker at the helm that's why they're a three-point favorite at home now the bears they are the bears they constantly got blown out last year thought it's going to be different i don't like the overreaction honestly um i like getting the points here so it's not a game that we're betting and we haven't put anything out, but yeah, you're going to see start seeing a, a yet you're going to see, start seeing a lot of that. If the lines move in our favor, we're going to be pressing games, and the sharps don't stay down too long. They're gonna they're gonna pump it, and no matter what, at the end of the year, you're going to start seeing that the dogs cover as well. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see if this line gets to four. I don't see this game getting to four. I think it's going to stay at a stagnant three throughout the week. Um, and there's just no value um, at this point to bet it.
1: All right, let's move on to this Monday night debacle. Raiders at the Bills. The Bills, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm looking real quick, Uh, are the largest favorite this week. They're laying nine and a half points. The line opened up at nine and a half, has not moved a pimple coming off a Monday night loss. Typical
2: scenario here nine and a half gets to 10, you're auto betting the Raiders from a sharp standpoint. The Bills right. didn't show anybody that they could blow anybody out. Again, different scenario, different team than the Jets. But the fact that they had so many, they had no reason to have those four turnovers. That's not Aaron Rodgers not being in there. Josh Allen gambling, but traditionally the Jets play the Bills tough every year. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really funny from a standpoint of watching the announcers on TV that, that feel like they have a lot of knowledge, and they all say the same thing. It's going to be the same as last year. The Bills, the Jets are going to win at home, and the Bills are going to win at home. The breakdown. And then halfway through the game, everybody's panicking if they have Jets tickets. And they're going, oh, man, without – and they still end up winning. It's it's so simple as the trends between the teams that a lot of the times the lines don't matter. So if you know that the the team is going to play the other team tough traditionally, if they're a division rival, if you're getting a lot of points, you just ride the points. So it's it, it gets – everything gets uh, mixed up and polluted when people start looking into – well, you know, Baker Mayfield's the real thing. I know it's not the bounce around of the, the old game. Maybe he is the, you know, not that much worse than Tom Brady. It was one week. What's the point of judging it based on that? So, same thing. Well, they the need Detroit. to have some to talk about. Well, the Raiders won last week. The Raiders looked pretty decent against the Broncos. Good new quarterback. I don't think he's that much of a downgrade from Derek Carr. getting nine and a half. Wouldn't be surprised if it at any point gets to 10. I don't see any 10s out there at the moment where that will be an auto bet by the sharps as well. You know they love
1: 10. Exactly. Let's move on to another hard number. Has not moved. Chiefs, minus three, current three. The total's gone up a point from 50.5 to 51.5. Kansas City travels to Jacksonville. This is
2: a game that we're going to sit and wait and pass. Can't even look at a game with a a player that means as much as Kelsey. There's no point of betting it early. I think his injury is not factored into the spread at the moment. So I have no value of, of, I know these guys. That's why I'm saying this. I know how these guys operate. There's, they're not going to bet on a team knowing that that player means so much and, Sometimes when it's factored in midweek, they'll bet it. But in this case, it's not. So it's threes all over the board. I don't like it. Um, They're basically saying that he's probably maybe has a chance of playing. So if that's the case, we're going to lay off this game and we'll revisit this on Sunday.
1: All right, now, I know you're getting to be pretty famous, and your opinion has been requested on various different media outlets this week. We're not going to mention them on the air, but uh, thousands and thousands of people are now watching you. And you gave the kush, you gave the uh, politically correct statement uh, when you were on the air live yesterday with a couple thousand people watching you. Now I'm going to wait and see what happens. So I'm going to ask you again and see if I get the same response. The Ravens as a three and a half point underdog at Cincinnati, one and oh, playing oh and one. Go ahead. Still sitting still on this one. Mr. Um, Famous. Nothing has, Mr. Famous. Nothing ahead. has,
2: nothing has moved. Um, still seeing, seeing three and a halves all over the place. There's not a lot of steam coming in on this game. Um, you could see that still the tickets are pretty even coming in. Um, so for that being said, I don't like it quite yet. I mean, there's everybody's they have an overreaction as I'm going to say on this game again with the Bengals. They're one of those teams that like I said yesterday, they're one of those teams that they're better than what you saw. It's one
1: of those that Let's a let me let me I, interject cuz I wasn't on your, you know, uh, you know, they they requested you, you know, I was a little <laughs> A little tearful, but I, I understand you're the new kid on the block. Let me ask you this. Why do you think the line is three and a half? I believe it's the same old story. They have to get even action on this game. And if they made the line pick em or one, everybody would just auto bet the Ravens. I don't see they any would, reason for again, them to be a, three and a
2: half. It's a difference with... Listen, the Bengals always play us tough. They're never going to inflate this line. That's why most Sharps will probably not bet this game. From an entertainment standpoint, you can go in past history. You, traditionally, Joe Burrow slices up the Ravens. Nobody can cover Jamar Chase. Let's hope Humphreys comes back. Um, and usually it's a, it's a rat race, and usually we can't keep up with them. Now, early in the season... We played them well, but in the last couple of years, Lamar hasn't even been there for usually the second matchup. So from a blindly, you have to at almost just take the Ravens plus the points. If you find fours out there at even money, which I do see at only one book, um, it's a possibility. Again, um, that's just my biased opinion. But from a non-biased opinion, I'm not going to play things just because I'm I'd like a team, and I'd like the dynamic from the eyeball test of what I saw last week. I, I knew very well that the, what you saw from Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins could easily change in a blink of an eye, and they could all have incredible performances. But I need to see more. It's one of those games, for from, from me, from an eyeball test, I need to see more. More from the Ravens, not having J.K. Dobbins, who's going to step up, More from the Bengals. Let
1: me ask you, were you surprised that the score was so, like the first half was so boring of the Ravens game going? No. Obviously,
2: every first half is the same because there's no preseason. These teams don't even know their identities yet. A lot of Sharps, what we talk to, will tell you. They don't like really pressing the number until week two and three. A lot of times week two and three is because... Like my famous words, we should just name the overreaction show. Once we put this on Spotify, um that's what is last week. Everybody's going to overreact to everything that they saw, good or bad, and that that just stems neither so even
1: from betting from fantasy too. It's the same thing. Overreact. I just got a trading players on my. I just got a time hop on my phone today. This actual day, September. uh Thirteenth, two thousand and seventeen. A picture of me, and you saw of me and Brian Blessing and Kenny White yeah, was, in the studio. Well,
2: no, uh, the picture I saw was opening. This, this was the first NFL Sunday, I guess, two thousand fifteen. Okay, so we're at the so office, did, the same today,
1: spot. today, I'm actually in in the studio where Mark just answered the phone. I'm uh, I answer the phone, and I'm looking at this. And that was Brian's big thing, which was the. It was six years ago today. That was Brian's big thing. The game. You throw out the last week's game. That, that was his pitch. You throw out the last week's game, and you just, you just never use that in your analysis for the following week. But you can get a lot of value if you take advantage of the public's over-analysis of that. So let's move on to the next game, talking about overreaction. A team that got shut out 40 to nothing. Cuarenta-te-cero. te The Giants. Minus mm. five and a half at St. L- at, I was going to say at St. Louis at Arizona because I saw Cardinals at Arizona Cardinals. What a this We'll get to St. Louis I mean. last week. I mean, they were just hard. I mean, how well, could it you was, be that listen, bad? It was it and was it was games? it was raining cats and dogs. I mean, I you did see it was pouring. Give me a break. They lift.
2: both have it. Come on, man. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't. Nobody could catch the ball. All right, the so player talk to on me. the Giants. Talk to me. I mean, I'm the. None of my sharps are even looking at this game. I have not been any indicators that they like five and a half. um Five and a half is the dead man's zone. You know, why is it not seven? You know that scenario. The cardinals have I don't even know what who they will be this year. They just they're all over the place. They have no real defense offensively. They didn't click last week. The Giants looked absolutely terrible it's It's like the the Super Bowl of the worst teams from last week. So, I don't know. My mentor, I have no opinion on my, mentor
1: my my mentor, Larry Ducart, He used to. He's the first thing he taught me when I first came into this office in 1988. You were still in the Ukraine in 1988 when I first walked into this office. You know what he said to me? Whenever the lines five, take the five. That's it. You know, it's in that was old school bookmaking betting practices. Whenever the line's five, you take the dog. That's it. So we'll see what happens. Home, home dog. If, uh, home dog as well. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, we're gonna move on to lovely San Francisco. I can't sing, so I'm not gonna try to uh be a be a singer here. Uh but let's talk about San Fran at the Rams one and O against one and O. The key move is it crossed over the Red Sea. The Red Sea parted. The line hopped from six and a half to eight, so we've crossed over that key number of seven. So you know, again, just like the Red Sea is going to be parting on Friday with the, sharp with, the Jew, with the Jewish with the Jewish New Year, the the line is now parted six and a oh, half to eight. A, Talk to me. It's uh
2: it's a sh- that's a sharp stream to get eight at home in a divisional game. So. You could already know where the sharps are going to be moving on this one. As you guys know, we're very transparent. In about two minutes, this is one of the games that I actually received from my sharp. I'm looking at it as we speak. I found eights at reduced juice at 105, so we're going to be hammering the Rams. All the clients that are listening to the show will see an alert. Not going to give out all the plays on the show of what we're doing, but for any listener that understands this is all about volume, Just getting some of the plays for free on the show is nice, but you want to play all the games if you want to actually make money.
1: All right. Well, then let's move on because I see we could spend hours on each game. Let's talk about the Rogerless Jets at America's favorite team, the Cowboys.
0: How about them Cowboys?
1: I'm so glad you're not sitting close to me because I can hear you through the door. Listen, three. To eight and a half. We're talking about the Red Sea parting twice. Not once. Talk to me. Again, backup quarterback, no data. I haven't seen gotta any hear of overreaction. Sharps Go ahead and say it, overreaction. No, not reaction.: I
2: can't say it overreaction because we don't know the data
1: <laughs>
2: on it most sharps don't like taking that second tier quarterback unless it's factored in. I haven't seen any of them jump on this. At nine and a half, I could see that maybe if it's 11, blindly betting it. But for right now, we're just passing on it altogether.
1: All right, we're going to tone down the volume to the Washington Commanders traveling mile-high thin air to the lovely 0-1 Denver Broncos. The line has opened up at three and a half, is now currently at three and a half. No move, but the total has gone from 41 and a half down to 37 and a half. What are your thoughts, Mr. Safir?
2: Don't have it on the board. Haven't had any discussion regarding it through the week. Uh, I think this is going to be just a wait, wait, and see approach. And then if it gets to anything drastic come Sunday when the public moves it, we could see them betting it at post. But for right now, I don't see any movement or conversation on my groups regarding this game.
1: All right, we got five minutes left. We got three games, and we got to talk a little Orioles. We're going to flip it this week instead of the Ravens. We got Miami. Traveling to up north to New England, one and zero against zero one. The line is two and forty-five and a half. The line has gone up one point to forty-six and a half on the on the total, but no move on the spread. Again, Miami minus two on the road. Got a lot of road favorites this week, by the way. Yeah, I don't see and, and there's not a lot a lot of road favorites. A lot of divisional
2: games, which that could be very tricky. That's definitely a landmine waiting to explode. Want to stay away from taking those road favorites altogether especially in a divisional game, because most people, again, saw what they saw last week. Miami Dolphins rolled. Miami Dolphins scored a ton of points. Tua looked unstoppable. Him and Tyreek are just going back and forth, just bomb after bomb. Tyreek had over 200 yards receiving. Miami looks like the real deal, but never count out Bill Belichick at home getting points. Again, no preseason. I'm going to wait. For me personally, I don't have any knowledge on this game or any information, I'm going to definitely be watching this game and seeing what type of product they put out this week and kind of get a glimpse going into the season of what to expect. For right now, nada on the Patriots and Dolphins.
1: All right. So the Saints come marching into Carolina. We got a 1-0 at 0-1. The line opened up at 2.5. Hit the number of three. It's on a flat three. The totals 41. Again, another road favorite
2: the trend this week three two two and halfs, and threes all across the board for these road favorites and divisional games it's uh it's definitely going to be fun that's that's for that's for sure um again no information on the game nothing's really moved that i see um eight, eight road favorites from, this week on the board yeah so i mean in terms of pricing i don't see any advantage anywhere across the board i'm monitoring sharp books to see where the line is moving Compared to the recreational books, I'm not seeing any movement, so I'm not seeing any sharps jump on this game either. So, nothing from my end on this All one. Right. And let's. I've got My one son more, was right, not happy.
1: More. My son was not happy with your analysis when you were the thousands were watching yesterday. As a hater of the Steelers, being a Ravens diehard fan, the Cleveland Browns opened at one and a half, at almost at three. They're now two and a half, and they travel. Not really that far. For people that don't understand geography, you, Cleveland and uh, and um, uh, Pittsburgh is like Baltimore and D.C., they're very close to each other. So Cleveland at the Steelers, which is basically just a little drive up the, the freeway.
2: I want to see it. I want to see Kenny Pickett produce. If he's not going to produce, I'll count him out. But t- Mike Tomlin's too good of a coach for you to just count him out. So for right now, no movement again on the line. Nothing for my sharps on this game from a fan standpoint. I love the fact, what I saw from the Browns last week, I expected it going into the year. I I said this on the show, give Deshaun Watson an entire offseason to get up to speed. They're going to be a much better team than we saw in years past, especially last year because he was suspended for at least 11 games. And then coming in, it was just not fair. He, He didn't have the speed in place. And the pace of the game was just, it was too fast for him. It took He needed a whole offseason. That's what we saw last week with them beating the Bengals, which most people did not predict. And so this is a game that we're going to watch. Right, if roll. it gets over the key number, then we'll roll. But that's it. That's all, all right, the game.
1: So before, before, before the music for baseball, I just want to tell everybody, for all you favorite lovers, via my man Cal, currently right now, if you bet every favorite, you have risked $3.5 million for a total loss of 181,520. Favorites are 1,250 and 926 minus 5.19%. The question that I have for you before the music starts, will the Baltimore Orioles win 100 games this season? Yes. 91 yes. and 53. We got Atlanta 95 and 50. Yep, no win. they'll win 100 games this year. I mean, all right, that's it. We'll be back for Week 3 NFL Rundown next Wednesday. Good day and good luck.